Sometimes the person is interesting, not on the first side, but on the second side. And, you know, it's not our job to charge people, really. It's just to exchange your ideas and be open and be positive. And yeah, I'm not trying to be that. I'm just this way. I'm done this way. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I am Elizabeth, the host, and I have a wonderful guest today. I didn't know him before. He has been introduced to me by a common friend, Manfred Richard, who was a guest in a previous episode. But I already like him just after 10 minutes talking because we have a lot of things in common. He's an amazing man. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. He's a startup coach. He's a marketing and communication expert. He helps small businesses to grow. He is an excellent public speaker and he has won several awards. I studied his CV a bit and he really, I'm so much looking forward to this talk. Roman Probst, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys. Elizabeth, thank you so much for this wonderful introduction. I'm really pleased to be here with you. And I am more interested, I know I will want you to talk about a little bit about what you do now, but I am much more interested about what you did before, because yeah. we started off very similarly. You were a tour guide when you were young, and so was I, and that binds us forever. I think these are things that we have <laughs> living in these countries. How did you start? How did you become a tour guide? Yeah, it was a dream of me to discover the world, to get to know people, to smell the taste of, of Asia, to see the light of South America, just to really um, perceive all all the, all the um, energy of the different places around the world. But when I was young, I was like super poor, of course, and I had no money to, um, um, you know, there traveling was much more expensive than now, you know, and that's why I had no chance to fulfill this dream. So the only way I could get to travel was by working for a travel agency and, um, you know, reading the job description as a travel agent was like, oh, it's, that's exactly me. I think I, I can be a good travel, uh, you know, a travel guide, good travel guide. That's what I did. And um, when I was 21, I remember I, re I uh, applied for a job at Hotel Plan. And uh, by then it was like you had to start not before 22. It was a very young age. And I remember that was uh, not so easy to get in because they said you have to wait half a year. But I had everything but patience back then. So I really want to start right away. That's uh, how I got started. That's amazing. I had exactly the same situation. I wanted to start and I, I applied with Air Tour Swiss and they told me that I'm too young, but I was more stubborn than you. I went to Greece. I actually worked for a Greek agent for a first summer who treated us like slaves. We earned, I don't know, 300, 400 francs a month. We worked I don't, 12 hours, 14 hours a day, but it was a good experience and I had fulfilled my dream. So, and, and then the next year I was old enough and then I started. That's amazing. And I think being paid for doing what you love is a dream. Isn't, isn't that the dream that we all want to achieve? That's what I was thinking every day. Even the days I had to go at the airport at four o'clock in the morning to, you know, to get to welcome people and welcome guests uh, or at 11 or 12 o'clock in the night on Saturdays or Sundays. I was really pleased to do that job. I loved it. I, I love to, um, to move around, to be active, to be there for people, to help people and to just to, you know, just to make this, to share these experiences. I just love to do that job. And um, in Mallorca, where I started uh, when I was 21, you know, I was as stubborn as you. I started right away as well. 
So they uh, sent me to um, like the most frequented spot to work. And after a few months, you know, we were like three or four reps in the same apartment. And one of my friends, he was like a very experienced guy. So after five or six years that that he was uh, working there with me for Escolette, that was a, a sub company from uh, from um, Esco. Yeah. So he didn't want to work anymore for as a guide, and I I took over from I don't know. They asked me if I would finish the season for this guy, and I, I I of course I wanted to do that, and I didn't even ask for a salary increase or something. It didn't even come to my mind. It wasn't about money ask. somehow. Exactly. It was not about money. It was just about the experience. Yeah. Even though we did earn, I mean, I remember that because we were also earning a bit of commission and we are we were we didn't pay for our accommodation. I actually saved money when I was a tour guide because the salary in Switzerland I hardly ever touched. Yeah, same for me. I mean, uh, you could I could uh, easy, easily live with the money you earn uh, at the moment uh, with mm-hmm. the commission. Uh, I, I think you were also a good seller. Uh, you know, I, I reckon uh, you must have been a good seller as well. So <laughs> you're in the same boat. <laughs> Especially, I was a good seller, but I only sell things well that I love myself. I was a very yeah. good. I did a lot of tours in the U.S. I did round trips for Kuoni later. I, I moved from Air Swiss to Kuoni and I did uh, round trips in the U.S. And that's where the real money is. I mean, that's. I, I don't know if you've done U.S., but I'm sure you have sold a few excursions in your life, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, the same same like you. I mean, if you experience something and you love something, you love, a, like, for example, an excursion by, by by with a ship or by boat or something and you... You go to a, a faraway place uh, at the beach and then you can swim with your friends and then come back and have a lovely dinner. I mean, that's a, it's a cool, cool excursion where, where you can um, live somewhere, you know, have something, uh, an experience that you won't forget. So, of course, I didn't want to sell in the first place. I never do. I just want to help people have a special experience. That's that's what I mean with, uh, you know, we were compassionate about things and good, good sellers uh, in, you know, entre aspas, um, good sellers have to be passionate about something. Yeah. They have to be emotional about something. And then, of course, the numbers are good as well. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, you know, when you people say like, you know, you could sell fridges to the Eskimos. I wouldn't want to sell fridges to the Eskimos because they don't need fridges. Yeah. You know, this is what I mean. When I love something <laughs> and it's the same thing like here when I've been living in Cyprus for many years and I love it here. I love Cyprus. So when somebody comes and visits me, I want to take them around because I want them to love it too. I think it's all about, and of course, I mean, money is a wonderful side effect. You know, we didn't yeah. mind the money that we earned, but um, basically, it was about being paid for doing what we loved. And that's that's already a dream fulfilled, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I loved my job. I mean, I, I, thanks to this uh, job or thanks to the company who offered me that job, I was able to explore the world. I mean, I, I had cruise ships also. Uh, I had uh, round trips. I had stationary uh, jobs uh, like in all over the world, really, or the Millennium World, yeah, uh, I want to talk, world Trip. I want to talk about that Millennium Trip. But before we go to the mid to, to around the world, where did you go after Mallorca? What was the next? Uh... Uh, the next destination was Fuerteventura, and okay. it was um, it was the total opposite from Mallorca because it was a it was a very quiet place back then. It was ninety four, and uh, you know, from a team with like so many members, I had to go to a place where I was all by myself and organize all by myself. It was. It was what I loved, but it also what I, it was a bit scary in the beginning. So I was like uh, by, by myself there, responsible for all these people with 20, barely 22 years old, you know, like, like this. 
at the beginning it was like uh, like jumping in a, in the cold water but but after a while it was just amazing i loved fuerteventura yeah you know when i look at today's young people and i love today's young people i don't want to say yeah, but but we were we had no choice you know i see my kids yeah. Yeah. my kids are 23 and 25 and they are so well protected you know they yeah. they yeah. grew up they went to a private school they grew up well protected we had my my family most of the time didn't know where I was. We had yeah, no yeah. cell phones. We had <laughs> we had it's a huge no, difference. Yeah. Yes, I mean when you think of today and you feel feel like, oh my god, I have to check the phone. I haven't spoken to my daughter for half a day. I hope she's alive. You know this. And I yeah, thought, yeah. how did our people feel? Yeah, I mean you're right. Absolutely. It, I don't know what's better actually. If it was was better back then, where we had no uh, cell phones. Or what is better now? You know, I I also appreciate the advantages of social media. I I also use it as you know in my job and mm -hmm. privately. I'm I'm not going to say I I um I don't like it, but I'm if looking back, I don't know what's better. I think I just appreciate the moments, opportunities. If back then there was no tool like that, you could just work with what you have and then be happy with what you have and make the most out of it. Maybe that's the trigger. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I love social media myself I because I love communication. I mean, yeah. you're a communications expert. I love to be in touch. And I found a lot of people that I hadn't see, spoken to for 10, 20 years because of social media. And that is lovely. And I think the good thing about us travel people is that we manage to keep in touch because we travel. Yeah, you know, we, we travel easier than normal people. What I mean is like when my kids, when I had my kids christenings, my friends came because they are travelers. You know, for them, it's easy to just come somewhere for a weekend. Whereas yeah. people who are not in the travel industry, they sometimes don't understand this. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the thing is with, um, with these um, social media, um, you know, the social media, it, it, the thing is there's a difference between if you want to show off kind of and the other way, like keep try to keep in contact with people and not maybe not show everything you have, but show what really matters to you so that other people, you know, they believe you and have trust in you and, and uh, they, they like you because otherwise it's like, okay, look, here I am on the top of the most uh, highest building in, in Dubai and I, I, I've, I've done it now and uh, the bucket list is co completed by one more point. It's not about, it's, for me, it's not about that. It's about these points you have to, to, um, to you know, in your heart, it, they have to be ticked or I don't, mm -hmm. you know, they have to be, uh, it has to be in your heart, not, not, not on the social media channels, especially the, the, the moments you want to remember. Yeah, I, I agree. And also like sometimes help people make, uh, my mission is to help people feel a little better. You know, sometimes when you have a bad day and then you, uh, I, I post an inspirational post every day. And I sometimes think even if I only touch one person, you know, I don't need 2000 likes. I just need one person to read my post and feel better. And I think, you know, it's it's the, the message that you passed on. It's not about showing yeah. off. Of yeah, course. absolutely. Sometimes we show off a little bit. Some, you know, sometimes it's okay, but not only. No, not only, no, right? no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so exactly. tell me about, I want to know, because, I mean, one of my questions would be, what was your most memorable journey? Because it's the, this is called the most memorable journey. And yeah. I was thinking, I was looking at that millennium trip. Was that your most memorable journey? I think it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was an amazing trip. I was only 26 years old yeah. uh, back then. And uh, I was like, there were five guides mm -hmm. and all of them were much older than I was. And it was like, I was the young guide 
coming with them and and everybody had a big group and in my group was a famous person you know several famous persons mm-hmm. like Hausi Leutenecker I don't know if you know him I do the golf he plays golf doesn't he he plays golf he uh, was a was Olympic champion everything That's, yes he was in my group and he was um, I had him with me in my bus for one month I was uh, talking with him every day. Tell and me I, more I, about this trip. I want. How did it start? I, I, I was thinking before. I'm going to ask you, like a police investigator, Roman yeah. Fox. Where were you on the 31st of December 1999 at midnight? I can tell you exactly where I, I was. I know you do. Yes. <laughs> I was in Merida, in Merida, in Mexico, on the Yucatan Islands. Uh, we were in um in a fazenda, like in a in a farm, farm's yeah. place, beautiful place in the middle of nowhere. And there was like, it was like with, uh, you have to imagine a very romantic place with a bright, uh, with a fountain and with, with, uh, with uh, colorful houses and stuff. It was like a farmer's place. Yeah. And there they, they put up, set up a um, stage for famous singers who came there and sang for all the people. The people, you know, the guests we had were 200 and something, 250 guests maybe. And not uh, many of them, are paid, they paid like, between 20 and 80,000 Swiss francs for uh, per person uh, without um, drinks included and, and food included. And uh, they paid a lot of money for this for this trip. So I was like, I felt very, very... Uh, um, privileged. Uh, privileged yeah. to do this trip, exactly. Yeah. And then to to be part of it. And they, 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 they put the trust in me. And I yeah. I really, I I, um, I was working really my, my, my butt off, but I loved it. I loved it, absolutely. Because I really this, loved it. This was just to explain the listeners. This was a trip that started in Switzerland, and it yeah. went ar- it went around the world with the same plane, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, by times. then, it was with the Swiss Air. The, the Swiss Air was still existed. Yeah. We, the first destination was Cape Canaveral. Uh, you know where the, uh, the yeah. skyrockets uh, land and start. And we had a presentation from the famous Stonic. I he know. I once had the... him in a, in my bus. He, he, oh, really? Yeah, yes, because I did Florida round trips, and he we were landing together in in Miami, and he I took him to his hotel, Bruno Stonic. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's like, and I imagine those those rockets must be huge. But they're really super small, especially the cabin where the, where the astronauts are. Yeah, like it was so impressive to me. I was like, oh, what? You know, in this close in this, I would be claustrophobic after after this trip. You know, like like I couldn't imagine me being locked in there for like a, uh, several days or weeks a month. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impressive. So yeah. Cape Canaveral, and then where did you? I mean, you did actually go around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We after Cape Canaveral, we went to was it? Um, let me let me think. It was Cape Canaveral, and then we had, I think it was Thailand. Uh, it was Thailand, okay. and uh, you know, like five or six destinations we visited. Yeah, yeah it was. I read about this. I remember it was in the Schweizer Illustrierte or somewhere. It was yeah. written about in the press because this was a big thing. This was a great trip. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. This trip was um, for me. It was uh, maybe the most memorable trip. Yeah, yeah. But I had also other trips who were. Maybe not so memorable, but uh, you know, where uh, they had other things that that were um, special and, yeah. and and memorable as well. You know, in another tell sense, me, maybe. But... Tell me about one. Do you have another memorable one? Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about this question. I, I was really gonna you're gonna ask this question today. Uh-huh. What what was your memorable, most memorable trip? And I, I'm in doubt. Maybe this this Millennium World trip around the world in in uh, 2000, or a trip which I was uh, uh, guiding as well uh, years. 
later, uh, because I was working sometimes for, for special trips, like the, to do the first trip uh, mm -hmm. for a company, yeah. I did this, this explorer guiding jobs for a while. Yeah. So I was going to um, South America with a, with a group and there was like 20 persons or 20 guests. And um, unfortunately, uh, they canceled all the flights. It was something oh. I was not, I don't remember what exactly happened, but uh, they canceled the, uh, several airplanes. So our group was split and uh, one group was already flying to Argentina and the other other part of the group was stuck in Europe. They flew to from Frankfurt to uh to Düsseldorf and from Düsseldorf to back to Frankfurt and then to Italy before they could get to Argentina. Like, okay. And, uh, and uh, my my uh, boss in um in uh, Switzerland, she told me, um, oh, you think we should just bring them back to Switzerland and reimburse them? I said, no, no. I was asking actually the guests, and um, they were saying, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna follow, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep traveling with you. And one guy of this group who was like the suffering, you know, like four, we're talking about three, four days instead of traveling in Argentina, they were traveling with me to, you know, from different places because they, to, to get over to the to America, right? Uh -huh. One of these guys, he told me, oh, Roman, that, that the coolest part of the trip was in the start when we had so much trouble and you were uh, having this experience in Germany and in, it, in Italy, where yeah. even to Rome, we tried from, from Rome to get over to Argentina and stuff. It was like, that was maybe the most memorable. memorable I think I think these are, the, I loved these things because that's where you could show what you are made of, what you could show, because when everything went well, it was just routine. But when, See, yeah. when things went wrong, that's when your, your, I don't know, your talent could be shown that how you, how to deal with people, because it was dealing with people. And when you were saying about that millennium trip, which was like, some people paid 80,000 francs for yeah, this trip. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I noticed sometimes some of these people were unhappy, you know, they had all this yeah. money they had, but they weren't happy. So no matter what you showed them, you know, they weren't impressed and, I always, that's why I later on became, became a life coach, because I felt that during my years as a tour guide, I was a life coach. You know, yeah. we were. I guess you are, yeah. We were. Yeah. I mean, first of all, they trusted us. They told us all their stories. So many yeah. people. So we actually were guides. We were tour guides, but we were also life guides. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it was. Uh, but it was cool because um, in the same way that we understood the clients, I think some of them understood also us. We yeah. felt understood as well. And uh, I remember more than one time that um, you speak with a person and you feel a connection or something. You can, you feel, um, okay, you can talk about something. It doesn't have to be everything, but you, you know, you understand the, the other person, the other person understands you. And it's, it's interesting to explore this kind of ideas, to uh, understand the vision of other people, to understand why something why she or he does something it's interesting it's made, it's part of of the of, of people right people yeah. are always super interesting yeah. yeah we love people i love people and i'm interested in people i want to know as you say how they tick why 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 are they like this you know something there's yeah. something sometimes there is something sometimes they're arrogant and then you realize maybe they're not even arrogant they're shy or sometimes they are you know or or you understand why they're frustrated when they start yeah. telling you so never judge a book by its cover basically yeah yeah That's, yeah absolutely yeah. you have to give everybody a chance and i think uh, sometimes a person is interesting not on the first side but on the second side and uh, mm -hmm. you know it's not our job to charge people really no. it's just to exchange your ideas and be open and be positive and um 
yeah, that's, I'm not trying to be that. I'm just, I think I'm just this way. I'm done this way. So yeah, yeah. It's a life philosophy to, as you say, judging, how can we judge? We don't know. We only know ourselves. Yeah. We don't know anybody yeah. else's story. So uh, judging is so wrong. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that I personally dislike, but I feel that I want to ask it anyway. What is your favorite place in the world? It's a very very hard question. Yeah, I mean, on I the know. on the world on the world trip, we were we went to Tahiti after Australia and uh, Thailand and uh, and South Africa. We also visited Tahiti. I forgot that that destination. Of course, that was a beautiful spot. I yeah. really loved Tahiti, yeah. uh, but also I like I love Brazil. Mm-hmm. Brazil, I love um, South Africa. I guess. Every place has beautiful things to offer. It can even be in Switzerland, you know, where you can find these wonderful places where you breathe in and you look at something and say, wow, that is so beautiful. Thank you for to experience this. That's my answer to that question. I know that's a very diplomatic answer. And I agree with you because I think it's very, very difficult after all that you have experienced to reduce the whole thing to one place because there are so much beauty in this world. You know, you have to see it, though, because people, lots of people, you were mentioning something at the beginning. You were talking about smells and and feelings and, you know, because you don't just see things. You don't just see countries. You feel countries. You you hear countries. There is a smell or a sound about the country. Yeah, exactly. Also, if, I, if I think about Egypt, for example, I was uh-huh. working in Egypt after the world trip in 2001. So I was there in Egypt and I remember uh, we went to Cairo or even, uh, you know, even in the, in, in the villages, just close to Sharm, Sharm el-Sheikh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember until now how the sun was, you know, touching your face, how, how it was, how you could smell this, 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 all this, this aromatic flowers how you could um, the, hear the sound of the voices and then, you know, they were dealing something and the, or trying to sell something or you're just laughing with each other or the, the tea places where you were having a, a cup of tea and, the, you know, the, the atmosphere there and the stones and the, and everything, you know, the colors. It, it's just amazing if I look back and, and also now. I mean, I love to, to sit, uh, sit in a place and just, um, yeah, enjoy the moment. Feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The there moment, is a, yeah. there's a lot more, to, you know, because there are some people that are like collecting countries, you know, they their fame at the end is that they have been to all the countries in the world in, I don't know, two years. But they don't I don't feel that they have the time to actually actually experience this thing. You know, if you go to yeah. if you go somewhere for two days, you don't experience We This is the good thing about living somewhere, about being stationed. I did a podcast episode about Egypt. I have a friend in Cairo. I was there about four years ago, but I haven't been to, for example, to Abu Simbel or to Aswan. I want to go back. Just thinking about it and writing this episode, I thought, oh my God, Egypt. And it's literally an hour and 10 minutes from here where I am. You know, it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's close. It's close. Yeah. So Egypt is beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's so. so, so big, but Brazil as well. I mean, Brazil is nearly a continent, you know, it's it's not just yeah. a country. Absolutely. Also, you know, it's just Abu Simbel and, and Aswan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there uh, like, um, yeah, that was 20 years ago now. I remember until now the taste of the salad, the vegetable they grew uh, yeah. from the Nile. Yeah, it is. It was just so good. I agree. It was just so yeah. good that the cucumbers and the, the tomatoes were so fresh and so so true. Aromatic, yeah. Uh, yeah, if yes. I think back then, I just had breakfast, but I'm getting hungry only uh, <laughs> by thinking about that salad. It was just amazing. Do yeah. you like food? Do you like to taste different foods when you go to these places? 
Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I I eat everything. I eat, I eat a lot actually. I do also a lot of sports, but yeah. uh, then I'm very a hungry a very hungry person, and I okay. eat uh, I eat so much. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's wonderful. Listen, we are already half an hour in. I also want to know what uh, Roman props does today. What what happened after the? Where, when did you stop? Because you also said that you went back to study. It was my dream to go traveling, yes. And I did travel from 21 to like 29. Yeah. And I wanted to study in my life. I wanted to study something that interests me. Yeah. I just didn't know what to study. So then when I was 30 years old, I came back to Switzerland. I, I worked for Hotelplan in the main, set, main office for two years as a product manager. And then I decided to um, study communication and journalism at the uh, Fachhochschule, uh, University of Switzerland in Winterthur. Yeah. So I uh, did this study for four years and um, I started, just started to do that. Although everybody else was thinking, what, you're, you're too old to do that. You're too, you have not enough money to do that. You have, they gave me like hundred reasons, 101 reasons why not to do it. But I just felt it was the right thing. And I, I, felt, I thought like, no, I want to do, I really want to do it. And I feel it's the right thing. So I started and during my studies, I know Hotelplan couldn't apply me. They 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 uh, they, uh, they needed somebody 100%. So I had to look for other jobs. And after two years, my uh, really money was getting tight. I, I was like, uh, I do, how do I finance all that? And uh, I even even was thinking to you know you know do I have to finish my studies? I wasn't sure if I can keep going for four years. And then everybody else had, had a nice car. And in the winter time, me traveling by bike and. Uh, with cold fingers, it was not that easy. So um, I, uh, out of the situation, I, I was thinking, okay, I need to do, I need to do something. I need to change something. I need to do business something. I didn't know what to do exactly, but I decided to open up a translation company with uh, my last money I had, like the last two, three thousand Swiss francs I had. Uh, so I opened up this company, a translation company, and uh, this was a uh, quite successful. Um, uh, I, I started to earn money right away with this uh, company, and I won several prizes. As a, like, uh, you know, from the university, they they uh, they had um, an award like for the the best um, entrepreneur of the students. So I won yeah. this prize. It's in the young, I, I wrote that down. The young entrepreneur of the year. Yeah, yeah. Year I won this yeah. prize. Well it was done. the first big prize. Yeah. yeah. So this, of course, gave me a lot of publicity, uh, yeah. which I then used to, of course, to to promote my business and to to be more successful, to get win win more clients and to win more trust. So this worked. And after twelve years out of this one man company, who um, you know, I was first I was by myself, and everybody was like, "Wow, do you translate yourself?" And I, no, no, I didn't translate myself. I, but I was studying with uh, you know, it happened that our. Um, my, my, you know, the, the university where I was studying journalism studied in the same place like the translators. Okay. So I, I, I applied to the translators who were studying there, the best, the best students were working mm -hmm. for me part time. Plus, then after also the teachers who were working there, There's, they they checked the text, the text the students were translating. So that's how my company grew and the the quality was uh, was guaranteed and. Uh, and I made it online, you know, so you could calculate the price online within within one minute. You could see how much it costs. Yeah. Whereas in, in the competitors, they had to send the email and ask the, the quote. And so everything was really online based. After 10 years, I had um, a 5 million turnover and uh, 30 employees yeah. and yeah. 600 freelancers. So That's the third fantastic. biggest company of Switzerland in yeah. translation. 
Fantastic. It's all about innovation. And I think when you said 101 reasons not to do it, it's the thing that gives people like us fuel to do it. You know, yeah, yeah. I think, yes, I I, I mean, as I told you at the beginning, you know, as a child, people told me that I'll never amount to anything. And I thought, I'll show you. And I think <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is what it's all about. Where can people find you today? What do you do today? Now I um after selling my business um five years ago, uh five years ago, yeah. Um I I then did a, a world trip, you know, around the world again, but by myself with my surfboard. Well, actually, um, yeah, after my, my world trip. So I opened up after this, I opened up my marketing company, which I have until now. Uh, I do marketing um, consulting and I do text writing, just, you know, counseling people to be to get more clients, to get more sales. That's one part. And also I work for the government and for EFJ and Suisse and uh, Cantonal Bank as a startup coach to, to help young entrepreneurs like I was uh, when I was starting with my uh, first company. I help them to be to you know to think about their business, how they can they can uh, have an added value, how can they can sell their product, uh, how they can build a team, how can they can make the distribution of the product, how, how they can be successful, basically, right? That's what fantastic, I'm doing. Fantastic, fantastic. We will put the link to your website in the show notes so people can oh, find super. you if you oh, yeah. um, if you they can get in touch with you. And I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation we've come to the end and uh, i want to thank you for being my guest today any last words thank you very much for elizabeth for this wonderful conversation i really appreciate what you're doing and i'm sure all the other partners of interviews before and after me they are very grateful and feel very uh, privileged to be of your idea of, of your product here thank you very much thank you very much thank you thank you for being my guest If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear and want to know more, Check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle Program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, that's, that's, forget this.